can't touch this. You better get a hype, boy, because you know you can't, you can't touch this. Ring the bell, school's back in. Break it down. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Hammer Time Podcast. As always, I am your host, Paul the Hammer Harvey, here to bring everything to you covering the world of sports. Today, I wanted to start you off with a question from my buddy Jonathan Braswell, buddy of mine from back at my, during my days at Toco Falls College. He posed the question to me a while ago. He'd like me to talk on the topic of NBA basketball and how pretty much at the start of every season, you know, there's three or four teams that have a shot. And then it's pretty much the rest of the league just out there for fun, kicks and giggles kind of stuff. And I actually want to start this off by telling you that I personally believe there is very little, if any, parity left in major professional sports. Now, I don't think that's out there going to get labeled some sort of hot take. But if you think there's a lot of parity in professional sports, let me break it down for you, paint you a picture here. Specifically in the NBA... We're looking at the Eastern Conference. Eight of the last 11 Eastern Conference champs have been a LeBron James team, right? Now, we know the NBA is a superstar-driven league, but when you see it on paper and the data, it is pretty strong. Eight of the last 11 Eastern Conference champs have been a LeBron team. Ten of the last 11 were either a LeBron team or the Boston Celtics. So the most parity... In that time frame, uh, going just beyond that, the most parity in the Eastern Conference came in 1999 through 2001 when you saw the Knicks, Pacers, and 76ers win in succession. So you had a three-year span where every year you had a different champ. Now flip over to the Western Conference, you have even less parity there. Over the last 19 years, 16 of those Western Conference championships have been between the Lakers, Spurs, and Warriors, and the Mavericks claim two of the other three. Now, even if you go back and look at the Eastern Conference, before 99, in the 90s, you had the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan dynasty, right? So even though you saw a little bit of turnover late 90s, early 2000s, you don't see a ton of parity across the board where this kind of idea that yeah, opening day, everybody's got a chance to win. That's not really the case. And you see, especially in the Western Conference now, with the Warriors, how they were able to uh, develop Steph Curry, get him healthy, and achieve some stuff with him. Then you attract Kevin Durant, who, yeah, the Warriors probably didn't need to add Durant to win another title, but you can't blame both Durant or the Warriors for making that decision. The NBA, as we're seeing and have seen for a long time, it's superstar-driven, heavy, heavy superstar. So if you don't have one of the 5 to 10 best players in the league, you're honestly not going to have much of a shot. Now, we do have a couple a couple exceptions to that rule, right? You've got the Detroit Pistons that year they won the championship. But by and large, you've got to have a superstar in the NBA if you want to win. Now, I know somebody is probably going to try and bring up the San Antonio Spurs, one of their championships, but let's cut it, all right? I mean, the Spurs, Tim Duncan, really one of the best players at his position all time. 
Now we can debate where he ranks all time in power forwards and centers, but let's be honest, Tim Duncan's a Hall of Fame all-time great player. I know he's not the traditional flashy kind of superstar, but come on, man. Tim Duncan is an all-time great, so you're not going to get me with the, to, with the Spurs and how they didn't really have a superstar. And even if you look at the other pieces, early on in that Spurs, uh, as they started to come onto the scene, you still had David Robinson, one of the all-time great centers. So, like I said, the Spurs, they weren't like a LeBron or Kobe or that flashy superstar that a lot of people were drawn to, but they had plenty of star power. Now let's talk about, I open up with the NBA because that's where the question came from, but I truly, like I said, there's not a lot of parity left in any professional sport. You flip over to Major League Baseball. Now in the NLCS, seven of the last ten National League winners came from San Francisco, Philadelphia, or St. Louis. Now you've seen more parity in the ALCS the last few years, but The past 10 years were dominated by the Yankees, Boston, Seattle, throughout. So while we do have periods in Major League Baseball where you see teams come up and shift and make noise, particularly the Houston Astros, who have done a fantastic job rebuilding and captured the World Series last year, while you do have some examples, like I said, here and there of a couple teams breaking through, making noise, making something happen, you still have really just a number of teams that tend to dominate at various periods. Now, the point that we're going to get to, obviously, is that sports, and particularly sports dynasties, are very cyclical, right? You see teams come along, they either get that big-time superstar player like the Cavaliers with LeBron or the Lakers with Kobe or the Lakers with Magic, whoever. You see teams get that sort of superstar guy or a good core together like the Warriors right now, and they dominate for a little bit. So I know that's kind of a cop-out, but I'm going to take you to a little break, and when we come back, I'm going to take a look at the NFL and tell you how really... For the past almost two decades, and you probably know where I'm going with this, but for the last two decades, there has been very little parity in the National Football League. And so much so that I know you're thinking we're going straight to Tom Brady and the Patriots. And while we are, there's a little bit deeper that I want to go with them and the NFL as a whole that probably will surprise you a little bit. Never seems so long Since you 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this episode of the Hammer Time Podcast. Now, before the break, we were talking about the the topic of parity along major professional sports. And so we've already taken a little bit of a look at, at the NBA and Major League Baseball. But the one I really want to focus on to you is the NFL, and especially the past 17 years. Now, obviously, Tom Brady and the Patriots, we know their story, and they're getting ready to play in another Super Bowl this season, but take a look at this. In the last 17 years in the AFC, there have been 12 championships divided between Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Now, if you throw Ben Roethlisberger into that mix in the AFC, that those three QBs account for 15 of the last 17 AFC championships. Now, that's astonishing, but that is a great example there of how there's not a lot of parity left in the AFC. Now, if you look at the NFC, there has been a lot much a lot more changeover in the last 17 years. You've had 12 different conference champions. So, a lot of a lot of different change, but we know especially Tom Brady and Peyton Manning have dominated the AFC until Peyton retired and now Tom Brady is finishing up his career. Still don't know when he's going to retire. Uh, we can speculate, debate that as long as we want, but we really don't know. And the Patriots, let's just get this out of the way since the Super Bowl is coming up. Yes, we understand their dynasty going back to 2001 is really unprecedented. There's very few of any teams that have had an almost 15-year run with so many appearances in the AFC Championship or Super Bowl. Um and so here's the thing. We get that sports dynasties, like I said right before the break, there's really just cyclical. It changes and everybody's trying to to find the guy, right? So everybody's looking for the next Tom Brady. That's why you see four or five QBs sometimes go in the first ten picks of an NFL draft, even if they don't have a huge college career or huge numbers. Um, especially last year, like you saw Mitch Trubisky going to the Bears, right? Everybody's looking, especially in the NFL, for that QB guy because we understand in the NBA it's a superstar-driven league. The NFL, it's a quarterback league, right? Now, we can talk about defense wins championships, all that kind of good stuff, which I firmly believe, and that's one reason I'm excited about the Falcons is they actually are trending in a strong direction on the defensive side of the ball. But let's not kid ourselves. It's a quarterback league, right? That's why the Patriots are where they are today. That's why the Colts and the Broncos, outside of that last year when Peyton really didn't have his arm anymore, that's why those two teams did a lot of noise when Peyton was with them. If you don't have a strong QB, your chances of making it to the playoffs or even competing are going to take a big hit. But... What is the part of the equation that we as fans don't want to hear about that is unaccounted for? The part of the equation that if you don't have this, you are going to have a tough time establishing a dynasty. Well, believe it or not, and I've I've got a story here that I'm going to use to back up this claim, but believe it or not, part of the equation of establishing a sports dynasty is a healthy portion of good luck or bad luck. Now, I know 
that is counterintuitive to what a lot of people believe. We want to praise Bill Belichick and his system and his know-how and Nick Saban at Alabama with his process. And first of all, college sports are a little bit different, but I get that, right? There are very brilliant coaches out there, and I'm, I'm not discrediting, discrediting them at all. So before we go further, let me say this is not discrediting or trying to take anything away from what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have done. I do believe Belichick would have found a way to eventually win a championship with some team because he is one of the best coaching minds ever, right? I mean, he's got a head on his shoulders defensively. He knows how to get the best out of players. He knows what buttons to push. I'm not discrediting that, but let's take a look at the Patriots, okay? Tom Brady is a sixth round draft pick. Now, I know some people are going to say, yeah, but it's it's that sixth round pick that gave him the chip on his shoulder. Okay, that's great. But you do realize Tom Brady was probably never going to get heard of with Drew Bledsoe around. Drew Bledsoe was the franchise player of the New England Patriots when Tom Brady was first getting picked. And when you're selecting a quarterback in the sixth round of the NFL draft, let's get one thing straight, okay? You're not drafting a quarterback in the sixth round to be a potential starter. You're just not. You're drafting that guy to be maybe a backup. And usually that pick, that late in the draft, is going to have to fight to stay on the team. That's just how it is in the NFL. If you're drafted that late, you're not guaranteed anything. You got to make the team to get your contract, to get your money. So Tom Brady, okay, anybody that believes the Patriots back then saw the best QB of all time in Brady, let's just cut it out, okay? Nobody believes that. Even if you're the most deluded Patriots fan in the world, I don't know how you could believe that the New England front office saw something in Brady as a sixth-round pick, and they had their eye on him to be this down the road. No. When you take a QB in the sixth round, it's to be a backup if he makes the team. So, Drew Bledsoe, if you don't remember who that was, I know he was a kind of telling off as I was coming up as a kid, but at the time when he got injured, which we'll get to that in a second, at the time Bledsoe was injured, he was the franchise player for the Patriots. He was. He was Tom Brady before Tom Brady. Now, no, he wasn't as good as Brady. We get that. But you get the point I'm trying to make? Drew Bledsoe was given a huge contract right towards the prime of his career. And he was supposed to be the franchise guy for the Patriots. Well, he gets hurt. And Tom Brady comes onto the scene, takes the team to the playoffs. Bledsoe plays a little in the postseason, but Brady goes on to lead the team to a Super Bowl, and the rest is history, right? So what am I getting at? There is an element of luck to any and all dynasty. I'm just putting that out there, and it really is part of the equation. Tom Brady turning out to be the best QB of all time is an awesome story. Um, obviously, I was never a big fan of his. I was always just more drawn to Peyton Manning, the way he throws the football and led his team. That was just me. But there's no denying Brady is the best QB of all time. But to draft him in the sixth round and to get that, 
that is lucky for the Patriots. Brady worked his butt off. I get all that. He's more than deserving of the accolades, the championships, all that. But for the Patriots franchise to get Tom Brady as a sixth round draft pick, that's luck. And what's even more, I'm not convinced you ever hear about Tom Brady, and you certainly don't have the huge number of Super Bowl titles if Drew Bledsoe doesn't get injured. And the crazy thing about that, this was not Bledsoe, an old guy on the downturn of his career when that injury happened. He had just been given a big contract. He was still supposed to be in the prime of his career. And so let me just put it to you this way. What other NFL franchise has their franchise player in their prime get injured and it turn out to be the third best thing to ever happen to them behind picking Bill Belichick to be their coach and drafting Tom Brady in the sixth round? What other NFL franchise gets that lucky? Answer, nobody. This would be the Green Bay Packers losing Aaron Rodgers this season and Brett Hundley leading the team to the playoffs and the Super Bowl. This would be Russell Wilson in Seattle getting injured and their backup, who I can't even think of who that is right now, leading them to the promised land. This is one of the craziest things really to ever happen and it established probably one of the greatest dynasties not probably it is one of the greatest arguably the greatest dynasty in all professional sports and every team is chasing that that's why you see so many QBs going in the first round that's why you see so many so much head coach turnover in the NFL is everybody's looking for that star QB to lead them to the promised land and the strong head coach that knows what they're doing and has this sort of system. And while you need both of those things, don't get me wrong, you need to invest good resources in those positions. But the bottom line is, there's an element of luck. Whether we like it, hate it, whatever, there's an element of luck to sports and to establishing a dynasty. And I don't know how else to break it down to you, but look, Tom Brady has a six-round draft pick and the Drew Bledsoe injury... No other franchise has that happen to them. And so while Brady and Belichick certainly are the model that you look to now, I think you do also have to realize that, one, you have to simply be patient, make good decisions, and then there is a point where you just have to hope for the best. Because whether we like it or not, yeah, luck exists, and nobody had more of it than the New England Patriots at the start of the 2000s. So we're going to take another quick break. We're going to take a brief look at the Super Bowl when we get back, and that'll be it for today. Stand the word. 
never heard of small plans. I just want some acres. I come from a small land. Not for real, itty bitty. Used to be down bad boy. Now I'm up like Diddy. Got a new wave and we surfing through the city. Crazy walking with me, shining bright. We got it lit it like sheesh. Up the dark pound, we done made it off the leash. Making sure the people comprehend like a peach. Young Georgia boy coming straight up out the east. Grinding cause my family got a piece. Hamilton, they can't take me Hamilton. Hamilton, they can't take me Hamilton. Bedtime, I ain't never had a bedtime. Headline, boy, you looking at a headline. Hamilton, they can't take me Hamilton. Hamilton, they can't take me Hamilton. Bedtime, why me kill the same bedtime? Bedtime, we gon' steal the same bedtime. Tell me who you foolin', saw you coolin', flexin' with the jewelry. What you doin'? You don't measure up, I met the road, a closet full of chase. Boy, you never been a shooter. I don't need a change, just to prove it, boy, I'm moving. Where you moving out your mama house, off your mama couch. If we live in what we talk about, you don't talk a lot. Sambo, read it, Lambo, you can say that. I took my money, built the studio, and took the range back. H-Town to Atlanta, country, I'm a MC, I'm a boy, we too legit to quit. I die, resurrect my yana, put a nail up in your coffin, my hammer Welcome back to this episode of the Hammer Time Podcast. And before we go today, just wanted to give a quick look at the Super Bowl. Now, tomorrow, the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles are squaring off in a game that, if it weren't the Super Bowl, I would have a tough time getting up to watch. Um, Yes, I am an Atlanta Falcons fan. Please hold the ridicule jokes. I've heard them all. It still hurts sometimes, but only if you're a New England Patriots fan. But how is this Falcons fan going to watch tomorrow's Super Bowl? Well, I'm going to watch it, first of all, with a good number of friends and probably will use them to distract me from the game and how I feel like the Falcons. Obviously, last year was a disaster. This year, we had a going opportunity to get back. But how am I going to watch it this year? Well, First of all, let me say that I cannot actively pull for either of these teams. I just can't. Um, That's not going to happen. But who do I want to win? Well, let's see here. First of all, I'll tell you my choice, and I'm going to hope that the Patriots um, look terrible doing it, but come out on top and win another one. Now, why is that? Well, here's the deal. First of all, let me say that I know all fan bases have a bunch of jerks and lowlifes and kind of poor decision people on their side. I get that. But the Eagles, uh, let's just say Philadelphia doesn't strike me as a great town. And there was a video of when they were squaring off against the Vikings of Philadelphia faithful hurling cans of full beer at Vikings fans walking to the stadium. Um, now, again, if you're, I do know Eagles fans, a few of them that are not like that. They're great people, all that good stuff. But seeing that leaves a sour taste in anybody's mouth, or it should. And I'm sure there's 
bad decision kind of people that would do similar stuff with the Patriots and whatnot. I get that. But seeing that just in such a public way of just hurling full cans of beer at another fan base, I mean, that's that's pretty bad, guys. Um, so first of all, I can't cheer for that fan base to get a Super Bowl title. I just can't. So why, I guess, am I sort of siding with the Patriots? Well, who's the best quarterback of all time? Tom Brady. We get that. I do. And as a Falcons fan, it hurts. Believe me, it hurts. But here's the deal. We had our opportunity last year. And for three-fourths of that opportunity, we dominated the Patriots, Tom Brady, and their defense. We were the better team through and through, and we had it. We had it right there in front of us, and we blew it. I get that. I do not care to relive it further because I'm already getting upset, angry, and sad all at the same time about it, but we had our opportunity. It was right there in front of us against the Patriots, there for the taking, but we blew it. And so now, quite honestly, I don't want the Eagles to be able to stand there and say, hey, look, we beat Tom Brady and the Patriots because we already get it now, right? Tom Brady's the greatest ever, Patriots dynasty, Bill Belichick, we get it. Nothing from this point on, even if the Patriots get shut out tomorrow, nothing's going to change the dynasty that is the Patriots. So I would rather, since he's still around, I would rather Tom Brady get just one more ring because what difference does it make now he's already the greatest we blew our chance against him i would rather him get another one to even more solidify his legacy than this eagles team to come out and say hey look we've got this ring to to give the city and the city of philly now thinks it's something again and all that kind of stuff so again tomorrow I really hope it's just a good game. I hope Justin Timberlake rocks the halftime show um, in a good, clean, awesome show. But if I have to pick, I'm going to side and hope that Tom Brady makes it a good game, solidifies his legacy, and denies Philadelphia. You know what? I'm sorry. I, I, I hate that I'm saying that myself. Believe me, I do. A little bit of self-loathing self -loathing going on right now. But that's the Hammers' take on the Super Bowl as a Falcons fan tomorrow. I hope you do enjoy it. Spend it with some f fun friends. Make a good time out of it. But enjoy it. And thanks for listening. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Always remember, feel free to leave me a comment, something to let me know you listen. You can always find me on Twitter, at Hammer Harvey. But hope you all have a good rest of the weekend, and God bless.